You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and the owner and CEO of Hickory Tavern, Brad Smith. Now, Hickory is a city in North Carolina, but Hickory Tavern, it seems, is everywhere. This popular eatery has over 27 locations in North and South Carolina, Tennessee, and Alabama. And it all started with a couple of guys who just wanted a place to watch a game while eating great food and drinking a couple of beers. Now, that was nearly 22 years ago. And the co-founder and CEO, Brad Smith, joins us now to really tell us how he built this brand uh, that is now on almost every corner in Charlotte and a dozen other cities in North Carolina, including Hickory. And also three other two, three other states. Now, before we jump into this, I was recently at Hickory Tavern, and I saw an awesome thing on the TV that said ESPN had you as the top-rated sports bar in America. Now, that's a pretty awesome accomplishment, and we're excited to hear about this brand. So, welcome, Brad, to the Brand Builders Podcast. Well, in in all honesty, in very very small print. It said runner-up. Well, we don't need to talk. <laughs> we weren't going to mention that, Brad. No, we're, we really, were, we're really asterisk. good at marketing, all right? So, but I will tell you this. We're, we're the only brand to ever finish twice in second place, which second's not very good, but there were 3,000 places in it. So uh, we were very proud of that. And the, and the best part of that whole story was a few days before that was announced, we won best family restaurant in Charlotte and this plaque showed up and we were like we're not putting that on the wall I mean we can't possibly be the best family restaurant (laughs) we thought we were cool we thought we were sports we thought we were doing all these things and all of a sudden you know we get this award and so we took it we slid it in a drawer and we just slept on it for a few days then we won the best sports bar in North America runner-up from ESPN and we thought that's the sauce. I mean, that's the combo that we really build our brand on because we can be pretty much anything to everybody or everything to everybody. And so we're proud of it now. So they hang beside each other in my office. That's super cool, man. That's super <laughs> cool. So, so you're an App State grad. You want to drink a beer and you want to watch a game. Sounds pretty simple, but, but man, you guys took it to another level. And it's like, we want to own this joint and have a place to go drink beer and, and eat a meal. And so kind of what, what – is that what drove you to start the business in the first place? Or, Well, I, you know, for me, I was very, very fortunate. I've had probably three to four mentors kind of through my life at different stages, and um, a few of them were as a young person. And then when I got out of school, I was a financial analyst for what was then First Union here in Charlotte. And I went to work every day. I wore a suit, and I played around on Excel spreadsheets, and Ugh. it just didn't—it uh, <laughs> just didn't appeal to me. And it wasn't wasn't really. I'm good with numbers, but it wasn't my strength. I'm better at beer, and so and <laughs> me so, too. Uh, you know, me I was I, I was lucky that a mentor in my life, who's also my uncle Tom Hager, uh, was in the restaurant and bar space. Li- also lived here in Charlotte, so I was able to go to him, and just you know knock on the door and beg a little bit. And, and he, was, uh, he was kind enough to let me come work for him, made me promise two years I wouldn't quit. <laughs> and so one day I left my banking job and then went to work for my uncle Tom uh, in, in, a, in a sports bar uh, restaurant brand here in Charlotte. It was also formed here called Bailey Sports Grill. And so once I kind of cut my teeth on that and 
decided that uh, I did enjoy the business, I was able to uh, convince Tom to, to sort of back myself, and we went back to our hometown, which is Hickory, and opened a small sports bar, and uh, from there, it's history. Now, was the first one called Hickory Tavern? The first one was called Hickory Tavern, and, uh, you know, I'm going to run you out of time because I got way too many stories. But no, keep going. Hickory, a, a little me. history here, because Hickory, North Carolina, when it was originally, before it was a city, it was, it was known as Hickory Tavern because there were train tracks that ran through Hickory, and there was a depot, and the depot had a tavern in it. And it, the Hickory had not been incorporated at that point, so there wasn't an official name, and it was just referred to as Hickory Tavern. During the 20s in Prohibition, the, the leaders of the area decided that that was a bad name, and they dropped Tavern from the name, and it just became Hickory. And so when we went back to Hickory, we thought that would be a cool name for uh, a sort of a restaurant bar, and we, that's, how, that's how Hickory Tavern came around. And that was 1997, correct? So it was you're 21 years ago. 21. <laughs> <laughs> Just on October Whatever the 20th, is. 21 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations, yeah, man. Sounds good. So did you ever, and I want to go back to the history in a minute, but sitting there, you start Hickory Tavern in your small, you know, small city of Hickory compared to, to Charlotte and other cities. Did you ever think that you'd be the CEO of a restaurant chain that's so successful and you have 27 locations? No. In fact... <laughs> we, you know, I was just hoping that we could just open, you know, survive and succeed there. And, and uh, but it's like anything. Once we got there, we were very well received because we back today, it's quite common to have good food in sports oriented places. But back then it was a little bit unique. And <clears throat> there's a brand here and there was a brand here in Charlotte called Manzetti's. And when we first started the Hickory Tavern, I had a good friend that was the general manager of Manzetti's, and Manzetti's was always known for pretty good food. And mm -hmm. so we hired, uh, his name is Brian Colhern, to be our first general manager. And he taught us uh, really some secrets about good, casual-style food and how to execute it. And so uh, Brian, who I really haven't seen in probably 15 years Spirit still lives in Hickory Tavern because he was the first time that we tried to elevate the culinary side. And I think it served us well. And back then it was very unique. Today it's pretty common and, and the bar gets raised every year. And so even at the tavern with 60 televisions and 50 draft beers, we're really focused in on what we call sexy food mm -hmm. and, and trying to really execute that every day. You know, that, and that brings up a good point, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, I'm not going to mention the name, but there's another sports bar that was started out of Atlanta where I grew up, and I loved it, and the food was amazing. And um, they expanded very quickly, were bought, and the food went straight downhill to the point where my name is on a plaque in Charlotte, and I don't go to that place anymore. So the reality is I think your positioning around the food is, is exactly right. Um, speaking of that, when did you know – okay, we might have something going here. And you focused on the food, but you have one location. When did you go, okay, our food's good, our service is good, how can we take that next step? And then the other thing is, what made that leap of faith? What did you say, hey, well, you know, what? we're going to do another one, and another one, and another one, and now, <laughs> yeah. 27 later, where's the other one going? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for us, we, we literally did the one, we started in Hickory, we did the one store, and then 
another location. We, we had a real estate company go find and try to match Hickory demographics. And so they, they, with computers and stuff, they can go figure out average income, population, et cetera, similar city. And we wound up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So we did our second store there. And we had uh, very similar success in that market. And I think after two, we started thinking, hmm, you know, this is okay. But I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, it was just survive and advance. And it was all about our philosophy was if we like it and we're having fun and our team's having fun, then surely this will work out. And we crossed our fingers and we just went forward. And fortunately for us, it did work out. And so we added about a store a year for a long time. We didn't have uh, a ton of capital to, to throw around. Banks don't love lending to restaurants. And so that was what we could afford to do. When we really thought we had something was just a random cold call from an investment banker one day who had just sold the before-mentioned restaurant that, <laughs> that you have your name on the wall. And that restaurant drew a lot of attention in the investment community because at the time, the investment community was all about these social gathering spots. And the brand you referred to was, was a pioneer in beer. And this was back before there were 27 breweries, you know, all over town and mm -hmm. all these other things. And so they were beer forward before it was cool. And the, the attention they got drove their multiple up. They eventually did a deal and, and, and sold to, to a group. So the investment banker that represented them then said, well, shit, I, I'm going to go find another brand that's similar. And so he came to Charlotte, and lo and behold, there we were. And I picked up the phone, which is rare on a cold call, and ended up in a conversation with him. We were both headed to Vegas for a conference. I went and met with him. I loved what he had to say. <laughs> so I took it back to my partner, Tom, who I wasn't sure how he'd react. And he was like, let's, let's continue talking to him. And then once we met some equity groups, they, they you know, they, they were really pro social gathering spots for the next five, 10 years. And I didn't know that. I mean, we were just trying to do our thing, but after learning kind of where the, they thought the industry was headed, we kind of thought maybe, maybe we do have something. And so we did a deal as well. But the good part about our group, and, and I'm not familiar with the group with the other brand, but they're pretty much hands off. They allow us to be who we are, and it's not a huge equity group. It, it consists of two people. So there's not an army of analysts, just two guys, two cell phones, and a meeting every quarter. And so they've allowed us to keep our culture, mm -hmm. I think, which is very valuable. And at the top of that, of our culture, really centers around great people and sexy food. And so we won't forget that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And you guys obviously focus strongly on great service and great food. I was at the Metro, Metropolitan, right? right? I was at that location, what, last week? And, and I tell you, our, not only was our waitress just sharp, friendly, uh, fun to talk to, but as, as our meal was coming, our drinks and everything we had ordered, uh, one general manager came by, asked how we were doing. And then towards the end of the meal, another manager, I assume, came by and asked how we were doing. And, man, that, so that was like three touches within, you know, an hour lunch that was very kind, very friendly, very service-oriented, service along with a great meal. Um, how do you 
is that how you define great service? And how do you, through, I don't know how many employees you all have, thousand, whatever it is, how do you keep that culture and service communicated from the top all the way to the table like that? Well, okay. I can tell you I'm excited to hear you say that because it is funny. Our first board, this is the value of a board, by the way. So when we did our deal, we got an, a board, and I have an all-star board. It, it, the people that are on my board are the leaders in the industry, and it's amazing to me. And so one of them, who's the, the, the sitting CEO of Bruce Chris Steakhouse, um, came to me at the very first meeting. He said, tell me what's Hickory Tavern stand for? And, and this was four years ago, and I'm kind of fumbling around. I'm like, well, you know, we got good food and good service and sports and all that kind of stuff, and, and, uh, um, um, and I just didn't really know how to answer that question. I'd owned the company for 17 years and couldn't concisely explain it. And he handed me a business card of a friend of his who's an uh, organizational behavior specialist. He said, call my friend. He said, we all struggle with that question, and he can help you better understand your culture because you need to be able to explain it. Your senior team needs, able to, needs to be able to explain it and coach it so that all your team members get a consistent message. And so we underwent a process. It took, I don't know, 10 weeks. It took $100,000. Yeah. Let me think about that for a minute. $100,000 for us to put together a 13-page little booklet. We call it our culture document, and it's called Craveology. And it's very simple that a back-of-the-house line cook can understand it and a general manager can understand it, and it's common language. And I'm very proud of the fact that we did not write it and then stick it in the drawer. So every day we talk craveology. And so there's not a meeting in our company that doesn't begin with, we, we may not read the whole 13 pages because it takes about 21 minutes, <laughs> but, but we will read a paragraph or two to keep it front of mind and talk about it. So I'm confident that all you know, 2,500-ish team members in our company are familiar with it. Some know it better than others. Some live it better than others. But the, the purpose for everyone in our organization is to create your craveable experience, which is, can be different for different people, and they all know it, and we're trying to live it 100%. And when we get there, that experience will happen 27 stores 100% of the time. We're still chasing it a little bit, so, but it's good to hear that. So that 100000 has paid for itself. I'm well, sure, just through culture, and I mean, it, I believe so. Look, if, I, if I'm having that experience, chances are the majority of other patrons are having that experience, and that's what brings people back. It has a huge and craves your brand. It has right? a huge focus. There's a section in there about Hickory Tavern hospitality mentality. That's what we call it, and it's we're, we've changed our focus on how we make people feel. You know, it, to us, it's it, it's always about quality meal and all that. But at the end of the day, it's how do you feel. When you leave, do you feel good? If you do, you tell others. If you tell others, more people come. I mean, it's a self-rewarding thing. And so it's a little more touchy-feely than it used to be because we used to measure everything off these shopper reports. You know, did a drink get there in a minute? Check yes or no, you get X amount of points. Now that questionnaire has a lot to do with did we make a connection. Right. And we believe we do that with people because we're – this is another – kind of unique situation of today's circumstances in Charlotte there's 20 some odd breweries right 
and they've taken their share of beer, the beer drinkers and, right. and all that kind of stuff, right? And when I and I love those places, and we support them. In fact, we pour their beers. But when I go to a brewery, I'm sitting at a picnic table somewhere, and if I want a beer, I get up and I walk in there and I wait and I get a beer and I go back out and if I want food, I walk over to the food truck and I order it. And everyone loves that. It, there, there's something organic about it and cool. But what's not there is service. And that's the thing that we double down on with our craveology. And we think at some point in time, the general world's going to say, you know, it was pretty nice that girl came over and talked to me or that guy did and, and, and made me feel good and got my own, and they got the beer for me. You yeah. know? And so I hope that sometimes, sometime in the near future, that kind of comes back into vogue. And if it does, we want to be the leader in our segment. Well, I mean, I think she she asked how my day was going and all that kind of stuff, yeah, which is great. cool. I mean, she acted like she cared, and and that that does mean something. I think everyone that, wants that, to that feel cared about. That book says, "Welcome, cared for, and important." Well, that's they our, did it. That's our goal for everyone that enters our building, whether it's the Coke guy, the, a guest, the beer yeah. delivery guy, whatever. Did they leave welcomed, cared for, and important? I was in Memphis last night at one of our or two nights ago at one of our stores, and I was talking to a bar guest. That comes there all the time. And I asked him that question at the bar after beers. I said, did anybody in here today make you feel welcome, cared for, or important? And he goes, today wasn't the best day. And I was like, really? Tell me about it. And no one invested in him hmm. that day. They just didn't. Some other days they do. Right. And so, so hopefully we can do that more consistently and do it better. If we do that, we'll be we'll, we'll be a unicorn. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it just doesn't happen. Well, it's just amazing <laughs> you can make that happen with that that scalable size. You you've grown this thing to. I'm I'm curious a little bit about your your competition and and it's a it's it seems to be and you can correct me if I'm wrong a, a really crowded space. Um, where where can you go dine? Where can you get drinks? Where can you watch a game? Um, just curious how like the fast casual. Um, is is affecting your market, like places like, I don't know, Viva Chicken or just places where you don't get waited on? And I think you just alluded to some of that with, with the service piece. But is that a big concern in in the market? Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I love all those places. And, it, and, it, and it's, right. it's interesting because not only are they, do they have a price point that's attractive, but you don't tip. Right. right. In our segment, there's, you know, you add 15 to 20 percent for a tip. Um, and one of the things that Quick Casual's done that that I respect is they've they've simplified. I mean, like so Viva Chicken is one of the brands mm. you mentioned, probably is known in Charlotte as probably one of the best. That's great. In the southeast, maybe as one of these quick casual places. They do very few things and they do them extremely well mm -hmm. and they do them over and over and over again. And then you see other brands that, that, that quick casual brands that have focused in on that. I respect that because the tavern tries to be a lot of things to a lot of people. And that makes it challenging to operate. And we, we're living in, I believe, in a very, very tough operational world where we try to do all of these things. And they're very narrowly focused. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, that again is our sauce. I mean, that's, I, this is no joke. Last month, in one store out in our Ballantine location, I went to a wedding, a funeral, a birthday party, and a rock and roll band, all in Man. one weekend. <laughs> one weekend. 
nobody can do that. Right. And we have an operations team at that particular store um, led by uh, the lady, Nicole Sharp, that just rocks. And, and when you can appeal to all of those things, and I attended all those. Those were people that I knew. I wasn't there just to work. I was there as a guest. It was awesome. To go, to, to go there and watch a band perform on uh, Thursday night till 1 o'clock in the morning, come Friday afternoon to a birthday party, come back Saturday for a wedding, and then unfortunately Sunday for a funeral reception, it was just over the top. Absolutely. Um, flexibility. And you you mentioned something about uh, music. That's something new you guys are doing, right? It's all good. <laughs> hey man, you're you're bored. <laughs> yeah. Of course, your phone's gonna ring. <laughs> Get yeah. it if you need to. <laughs> that was uh, that was probably one of my investors or something. Um, Somebody's trying to buy a Hickory Tavern right now. This is this is the power of the brand. God, this, everyone. Thing, this, this thing almost never rings. That's embarrassing. Um, no, music good. is something cool, and I know Scott, you love music, and so. Yeah. I do too, and 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 I'm I unfortunately turned fifty in March. Congratulations! So I, well, yeah, the, the over under. Beast alternative, right there, man. That, that was the over under that my friend set. So we'll see if we get there. But the uh, I've always wanted to do a music hall at some point in time, and I Tommy, my uncle, is into music. He said he's in. My brother loves music. He's in. Um, I'm I'm very busy with the tavern. Don't have time to mess with it right now, but we did decide that we would raise the bar at the tavern a little bit and cut our teeth on music, you know. And so I took an active role with a couple of stores that have general managers that love music, and we put some staging in, some lights, and we kind of lifted the budget a little bit and went to the next level of entertainment just to kind of monitor it and see how it impacts our brand. And now we started with one store, now we're up to five. And uh, my hunch is is that over time we will – We'll probably be doing it at all. We, we do music at all of them, but elevated music at about five stores. And, uh, you know, I saw Scott last night, and we have an, we To give you an example, we flew a guy in from Louisiana that's really, really good. His name's Guy Thrigdon. Put him up in a hotel. He's playing three gigs. We had to rent all the equipment. We would have never done that, you know, two years ago. And so now we're, uh, you know, hoping that'll pay off. So you mentioned a lot about, you know, family being local, I think a lot of people want to buy from from local. Um, they don't necessarily want to go to a chain. I think Hickory Tavern's done a phenomenal job of being in the space that they're in, right? No matter what city they are, they don't feel like a chain. It's not an Applebee's. It feels like that's your hometown sports bar. And I got a good example. I live right off of Johnston Road in my neighborhood back into McAlpine Creek Greenway, and I have an eight-month-old. And your Hickory uh, Tavern in Ballantyne has been one of our favorite restaurants because I never knew when you walk into Hickory Tavern, I used to go to the right. You know, I'm going to the bar, I'm going to the stage. Well, now I'm walking in with a baby, I'm going to the left, right? So when you go to the left, it's a lot different, right? But but you think about the culture that you've developed. I can it's now still to the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Cool. it's cool. You can, can do both. I can hide the baby in the in, in, over here. Um, but me and my wife love that because we you have no idea when you have a newborn how important it is to, to still live your life, get out of the house, go watch a Panthers game, even if it is just the first half. Have somebody bring you food, have some beers, and be in the same environment where the other side of the bar is going crazy as well. So you almost feel like you're at the game when you're not. So I think you guys have done a phenomenal job of taking both of those, and you brought it together at the beginning of this conversation, being a best family bar, being the best sports bar. So I think you've done a great job there. And, um, you know, we're going to wrap this up, but I want to know from you, what's what's next? I mean, you guys have 
the sexy food, the great atmosphere, you're bringing in bands. What's on the horizon, and what can we see from Hickory Tavern in the next couple of years? Well, I, I'm so excited because the uh, about a year and a half ago, we hired a new president of our organization. His name's Paul Baldessero, and Paul is so talented. Uh, it, 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 it's just amazing for me to go to work every day and see that he's there. And, you know, it took him four or five months or so to get, get familiar with the brand, and then he started really running everything probably about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. And he's touched every facet of our brand from quality to service to, uh, to cost controls. And it really was time. I mean, I, I learned that I was pretty good at four or five stores, but when you get to 26, 27, and want to be 50, it, it, it's time to sort of professionalize the team a little bit. And, and I'm there now as a cheerleader, a culture keeper, a uh, sort of set some guide rails maybe as to where the brand wants to go. And then he's just an execution monster. And uh, watching him get in with our team and the way he motivates them and the way that he puts his personality into it, I think is going to make Hickory Tavern so strong in the future. And because of his coming into our brand, we took some time to, to kind of settle in, and I'm happy to say that after taking 12 months off, we just signed another lease in uh, in Morrisville, North Carolina, which is near Cary, and are actively searching for two more. So I hope in 2019 we'll add three units, and I think that um, just as a rule of thumb, we will improve our operations across the board, and they're already pretty good, but I think we'll go from good to great with under Paul's leadership. So Watching the newbies yeah, kind of take off with it is, is, is what yeah. I'm excited about for the future. What's the best way for people to follow you? Do you guys have Instagram, Facebook, and, and if they want to get in contact with you or find a location? We, we do all of that. In fact, that was another new ad is we have a whole social media team at our office. And so it's, uh, it's the basic stuff, Facebook, Instagram, uh, of course, to the web. And it's the thehickorytavern.com is our website. Um, the old city of Hickory owned Hickory Tavern. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love they, were, they, were, they were part of they enough, they were part We're going to change the name, but we're That's keeping the domain. Cool. We're keeping uh, the so domain. We are the Hickory Tavern. Uh, <laughs> They're waiting for you to buy that. <laughs> yeah, and from there, you can link into everything. And so we're excited about it. Awesome. Well, uh, Brad, cool. thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. I love the, the restaurant. I know Scott loves the restaurant as well. We wish you guys the best. We'll be eating there. And uh, best of luck in the future, especially on your uh, three new stores. Yes, sir. My Th- pleasure. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having us. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.